Welcome to C3 Hobart Online. We hope that you enjoy this message today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, make sure that you listen till the end to find out how. Thank you guys, that's very kind. It's not often you get introduced as the most amazing person you'll ever see from a distance. <laughs> I'm sure some of you will appreciate that. <laughs> it's great to see so many of you here today and if you are joining us online, it's wonderful to uh, share this message with you this morning. For some of you who have been uh, following us over recent weeks, last week we had a message from Kira. And if you heard that message or you watched that online, you would have heard Kira talking about what I know you wouldn't have forgotten. She talked about, are you following God's purpose or are you following your own purpose? And she introduced us to a character called Paul he was a real man who walked this earth, just like us, previously known as Saul. And I want to continue today that discussion about purpose and the life of Paul. And Pastor Sean asked me to speak on a topic called Making Your Mark. Making Your Mark. Now, making your mark is to do something that causes you to be noticed or famous and to have an impact on the world. So, given the topic today, half of you just tuned out <laughs> because you don't want to be famous, nor do you think your life has the ability to make any impact on the world whatsoever. So, my job today is to talk about making your mark and the definition of purpose is a reason for something, a sense of resolve or determination and in the verb, in the active word, it's one's intention or objective. So I want to bring those two things together and talk about our intention or objective in terms of what impact it is that we want to have on the world. So making your mark means to do something significant. It means to do something significant enough that it makes a change. And God created all of us with a purpose, an individual purpose. You have a purpose. Now, if you've been hanging around church long enough, you would have heard that a thousand times. You would have been like, yep, got it. Got a purpose. God created me with a purpose. But what it's saying is that God created you and designed you to make a contribution that is memorable or significant enough to change something in this world. So from our last study, last week with Kira, we see that Paul had an encounter with Jesus. He was blind and then his sight was restored. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and it turned his life's purpose on its head from killing Christians to creating them. And he committed his life to spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to catch up with Paul partway through his journey. So, given that we've been trying to encourage you to participate today, turn to someone vaguely near you and scream at them in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> I need to know that you're here today. You're stuck with me for the next 20 minutes, so if you want me to preach good, you've got to talk to me. In the middle. And I want to read you Luke's account in Acts 27. So, this is Luke talking about Paul's journey in Acts 27 and 28. And where we catch up with Paul is that he's on a boat. I'm not going to read the whole story for, for time, but he's, he's on a boat 
because he's a prisoner. He's been thrown into jail and he's now on a boat with a Roman centurion called Julius with 276 other people. They're stuck on a boat. The majority of the people on the boat were prisoners. Because Paul was in jail for preaching the gospel. He hadn't even really done anything wrong. He was in jail for doing that. And through a conspiracy with the Jews and some of the leaders of the time, he had decided to appeal to Caesar. And so they said, no problem, you can go all the way through to Rome to see Caesar. You're on a boat and you're on your way. And then in the middle of going to Rome, he finds himself in a storm. And that's where we pick it up in Acts chapter 27 and verse 9. So much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was, the, it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to Paul... He followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbour was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that they should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbour in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of, of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and we were driven along. Skip down to verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Verse 21. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice. Paul wasn't scared to tell people that they should have taken his advice, not to sail from Crete, then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men. For I have faith in God that it will happen, just as God told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So I shared last week, if you were here with us, that I have a gorgeous husband who loves to start each year with a great family discussion about our goals for the year. And he does so with immense self-discipline and enormous uh, vision for the future year. And we sit down and we talk about it. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I don't really set goals. And I don't really keep up with anything I agreed to do either. <laughs> and as a family, through the leadership of my wonderful self-disciplined visionary husband, we have also documented our family values. And we talk each year about how the Lease family wants to be known. And most of the time, we set off on these journeys with the best of intentions. Anybody? Dreams of making the world a better place. Helping others, serving in a ministry team, getting a qualification, making our marriages better, looking after our families better. 
But what I struggle with is the disconnect between my desire to change the world and the fact that I wake up in the morning and the Weet-Bix box is empty. (laughs) Yeah? You see, life has a really interesting way of filling up time. An endless list of jobs, to-dos, pushed and pulled between obligations, requests, must-dos, should-dos, can't-get-out-ofs. And on top of that, situations come along called big storms and derail all of it. Life is a series of amazing trade-offs, swapping priorities and time constantly to see if we can fit it all in. And these trade-off decisions can sometimes happen outside of our control, where situations come along that we had nothing to do with and they tell you what you'll spend your time on. Or they can happen uh, subconsciously. And before we know it, we end up living a life where we've traded all the important things that we should be doing for the unimportant. And as I contemplated before God, this disconnect between my desire to make a difference in the world and live out my purpose and make my mark and the Weet-Bix box, God began to speak to me about making my mark in the middle. In the middle. Because here we have Paul who's made a decision. He had this encounter with God. He got a word from God about the purpose of his life and he had this incredible desire to change the world with the spreading of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He would make his mark on the world by reaching as many people as he possibly could and yet he finds himself on a boat, stuck as a prisoner. Have you ever found yourself stuck in a certain set of circumstances that's so far removed from where you thought your life would be. The Bible's full of people who experience that. I mean, this is Paul. What about Joseph who had a dream that people would bow down to him, that he would be in some position of influence and yet he found himself at different points in his life thrown in a hole by his brothers, sold as a slave and landed in jail. What about Abraham and Sarah that God told them they'd be the father of many nations and yet today they can't even have one child? What about Jesus who came to the earth and he was going to be the saviour of the world, the redeemer, the king of everything and yet here he is hanging on a cross dying in front of his disciples' eyes. So many times there's a disconnect between what we thought And what we have today. And Paul wasn't only just stuck in a boat. But of course when you're stuck, here comes a storm. Why do our storms in our lives come at such inopportune times? Why is it that the one morning you've got to be somewhere the car doesn't start? Yeah? The one time you feel like chocolate and you go to the pantry and somebody's eaten it. I mean, the real storms in life. Let's get really clear about what we're talking about here. Yeah? When something comes against you in your life, it's never the right time. But verse 15 wouldn't leave my mind. And God just kept bringing it back to me all the time. Verse 15 said, The ship was caught by the storm and it couldn't, could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and we were driven along. We gave way to it. 
does life feel like that sometimes? You've kind of just given way to obligations and to-dos and set of circumstances that you're in and you're being driven along in your life. See, Paul was stuck in a boat and the storm that he's in, I love this, wasn't even his doing, it was because some dumb person didn't listen to his advice. Do you know some storms that you're in can be because of other people's stupid decisions? They're worse, aren't they? Why me? Why do I have to live through this? I told them not to do that and here I am. And then I'm stuck in a storm. Not only that, but the the story goes on to say, and then it shipwrecks on some island. The island was called Malta. So it gets driven up onto the beach, destroys. Paul is in the water. He staggers out of the water. He's freezing. And the islanders have created a fire. He's like, oh, thank goodness. In the middle of the storm, at least somebody thought to look after me. So he walks up up to the fire, and he reaches in to a pile of wood and a snake bites him. I mean, really? Really? In the middle of going through all of that, God, like just when I've already got this much going on, now a snake bites me? Really? The last thing, the straw that breaks your back right when you're in the middle of a storm. In the middle, the disconnect between what I thought this was supposed to look like, what I thought I was going to do with my life, and what I'm seeing today. Yet in the middle of this passage, God showed me something amazing. Paul did amazing things in the middle. Look at this. In that passage I read, God, God used Paul to give godly wisdom to the people around him. He knew they were going to destroy the ship. He knew they were going into a storm. God used Paul in the middle to provide wisdom to people. Two, in the middle, God used Paul to lead others through faith. Verse 22 said that Paul says, I urge you to keep up your courage. Keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. God used Paul in the middle to lead with faith. Three, in the middle, Paul was able to give encouragement and give people hope. In verse 34, it says, now I urge you, Paul got a hold of these people, the 276, and he said, I urge you to take some food. Not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. And it says that they were encouraged and they ate some food. God used Paul in the middle to bring encouragement and hope. Number four, in the middle, Paul influenced people to save others. The passage tells us, that he influenced the pilot on the ship so much that he made a decision on how to get everyone off the ship. It says in verse 44, the rest were to get there on planks or other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. In the middle, God used Paul to influence others, to save others. Five, 
In the middle, Paul managed to change people's opinion about the man of God and therefore God. Because when the snake came out and bit Paul, the islanders and everyone standing around the fire, do you know what they were doing? They were watching him. Did you know people are watching you? They're watching to see how you respond. They're watching you. Because in the middle, Paul got a snake bite. Now, I don't know about you, but if that was me, I would have gone, are you kidding me? I possibly may have died from the drama of the situation by flailing around on the sand of the island, screaming to God, like, have I not been through enough? But now, look at my clothes, they're all wet. My hair is destroyed. And now you've sent a snake to bite me. And if my husband was here, he would tell you that that is actually truth on how I may handle the little ups and downs of my life. But in the middle of all that, Paul didn't do that. He shook it off. And so the people watching suddenly said, there's something about him. Did you know your situations? People are watching to see how you handle it, how you get through it, what you keep believing, how your heart is. Number six, he brought healing. After the snake bit Paul... The chief of the island said, who is this bloke? Who is this guy? Of 276 people that have shipwrecked on my island, there's a guy that just got bitten by a snake and he didn't die. I want to meet him. You see, God will open doors based on some of the trials that you go through. And he went to see the chief and he went into his house and while he was there, the chief's father came in and the chief's father was very, very sick with a fever. Paul, it says in, verse, in chapter 28, it says in verse 8, his father was sick in bed, suffering from fever. And Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. Listen, he brought healing to others in the middle. Paul had a way of making his mark wherever he went. His actions had impact. Are you still with me? Yeah? I've got three encouragements from this, from this um, passage that God gave me. Three quick ones. One, your purpose is so important that you will make it to your destination. Let me say that to you again. Your purpose, the reason God created you is so important that you will make it to your destination. The middle won't stop you. What you see today is not off track, it's on the way. You will make it. The middle can't take you out because God's love and purpose for your life is greater you know, it's like when we come in in that worship song. I don't, I don't know about you, but, you know, I will make room for you, God, to do whatever you want to, but just not that. I know none of you relate to that at all. <laughs> but what you've got to understand is that 
we don't we we struggle with giving God everything because we don't know what he's going to tell us our purpose or destination is like for me it was kind of like God if I give you everything you're going to pick me up and throw me in a third world country without my hair dryer and that's not good I come joking I know only some of you laugh, but I, I am joking. I could possibly live without my hairdresser uh, and my hairdryer. But the, but the thing is, we have this twisted view of what God thinks your purpose is about, that it's some enormous big thing that's way outside who you are. Do you know God knows you so well that he's actually going to position your purpose to be exactly where you flourish, to be exactly where you use what you're good at, to be exactly with the people that you can speak to? So when we say that my purpose is big enough to get to the destination, it's not some big way off thing. It's that he's called you to be you and to make an impact and and make a significant change in the world because you are you. And it's important enough that you will get through your storm, that you will get through your middle. Two, your daily life has purpose. Your daily life has purpose. And I know for some of you, you're like, wow, how long did it take her to put that together? That's uh, subtly underwhelming. But it does. You see, last year, the biggest change in my life came through a group of women that I met and we have a, a chat online every two weeks and, and I began to explore this thing in Alicia that feels like she can make a difference, that she can do something that's, that's worthwhile, that's purposeful with her life. You know, that's my prayer when I get up to speak. I just think, God, like if I speak, let it make a difference. And if it doesn't make a difference, take me off the roster. Yeah? So there's a, this desire, but I'm a chartered accountant. I work full-time from 8.30 in the morning to whatever time I happen to finish that week. I have two children. I have a husband. I've got to make all of these things fit together. Somehow you're supposed to do tax. I mean, who even does that? Like, I don't even know what that is. I've got to get my car serviced. I've got to go and do all of this stuff. And I just don't even know what that means for what I, my purpose is. And yet God began to show me that actually... My daily life matters. In fact, my daily life is on the way to my purpose. My purpose is found when I get up in the morning and I begin to get ready. My purpose is how I have breakfast with my children. My purpose is when I walk in the door at my work and I say hi to someone. My purpose is found in how I carry myself through my every day. Your life has purpose, your job has purpose, your study has purpose, your family time has purpose, your gym class has purpose, your sport has purpose, your interests and hobbies have purpose, your daily life is in the middle, it's on the way and making your mark is not one massive thing that you're going to do one day, it's found in your everyday. And number three, there are appointments in the middle. On your journey... You make your mark in moments. Meeting the needs of other people along the way. Each person you encounter as you walk your journey is an appointment. It's an appointment. 
It's how I hold myself. It's how I interact with my work colleagues, my classroom buddies. It's how I see the cleaner as I walk past. It's, it's how I see the customer that comes in to my shop. It, it's how I sit at my desk and see the person who's studying next to me. There are appointments with people along the way. And I heard God say to us, the beginning of 2021, don't worry about the big picture. Don't worry about the big call on your life, the big purpose, the big things that are going to happen. Lay it down and be present in the day-to-day. Because it's the day-to-day that's the middle and it has purpose written all over it. Matthew 6 and 34 says, Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Keep God in the middle of your journey. Don't be so driven along that you miss him. felt like God gave me a picture of people waking up and being able to say, God, just today, what is it that I am supposed to do today? Who is it that's going to come across my path today? Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Matthew 6 and verse 33 and 34 in the message translation says this, Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention, listen to this, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Can I have the musicians, please? I can trust God. I can trust God with my purpose. Believe you me. He has a purpose, some extraordinary, significant, amazing impact that he wants your life to have. And it might not be nationally famous. It might not be insta-famous. It might not even be famous in your street. But it's significant in its impact in the world in which you operate. But to start a year... You don't have to carry the weight of purpose and calling. Your job is to trust God that he's got that. You're on your way. You're on your way. My job is to wake up every day. Say, today, God, this is the to-do list that I have in front of me. What is it that you would have me do with that? Who am I going to meet today, God? And what would you have me do with it?
today, God, I'm making my mark. I'm living your purpose for my life, but I'm in the middle. You see, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the middle. And we know that we're going to come out the other side of it because the Bible tells us that we know who's in control. We have a God who's already written the future days to come. And it's his job to work out what the future of the world is. Right? So we're going to come out the other side of the pandemic. But here's the thing. We're not off track. The pandemic didn't send the future of the world off track. We are on the way somewhere, but there is something for us to do in the middle. What is it that the pandemic has brought out in humanity? What are they thinking about at the moment? What's important to them at the moment? What is the call of your life to speak into people's lives in the middle of a pandemic? Tomorrow is Monday, just in case you didn't know. And if you're watching online, maybe it's not Monday. Maybe it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It doesn't matter. It's in the middle. It's in the middle between services. But Monday's not wasted. I don't have to wake up thinking, what's my purpose tomorrow? I just need to work out what my purpose is today. I don't need to be anxious about everything that I've got to do in 2021. I don't need to be depressed because suddenly I'm off holidays and back to work and I think about all the things I've got to do for the whole year. No, I can trust God with 2021. I trust God with 2021 because we are on our way. And along the way, God, help me live my purpose. Paul already knew he was going to Rome. God had given him a word. You are going to Malta. You must appear before Caesar. But when he met that chief official's dad, I can imagine Paul having a moment. Kind of like a light bulb moment. Sick dad comes in. I can imagine Paul going, I thought I was completely off track. I thought I was a prisoner stuck in a boat, landing on some island or whatever. But, oh God, you've called me to live my purpose in the middle of being off track. I am called to bring healing to this island. That's why I went through the storm. That's why I'm here where I am. That's why you turn up to that dead-end job. That's why you're studying for what you're studying. That's why you're in the family that you're you in. That's why you're here in Hobart, Tasmania, because there is a purpose along the way for what God has for you. You may feel like you're off course, that you're on some island, there's a reason for the storm. It placed you here. You see, Paul could be moping on Malta, moping around, despondent, wondering why, grieving the loss of the great call on his life. But he turned it into a mission. And he found God's purpose regardless of the set of situations that he was in. feel like God really wanted to shift us today to recognize that you are exactly where he knew you would be on this date in February 2021 
And I want to pray for you this morning. I want to prophesy over you. And God gave me four clear cohorts of people that He wants me to prophesy to this morning. And so as I begin to do this, I'm just going to give you the opportunity. If you are in one of those cohorts, I want to pray for you. And I'm just going to ask you to stand in your seat. Stand from your seat and you can sit back down again. And and I'm just going to go through the four cohorts of people that God wants me to pray for this morning. And if that's you, you are welcome to stand for that call. The first one I want to pray for is workers, people who have a job. I know that sounds silly, but people who their week is full because they get up and they have obligations to attend something every day. So I'm talking about health professionals, tradies. I feel like God wanted to speak to tradies this morning. Teachers, IT, finance, social work, hospitality. Whatever you do that you turn up and you feel like you're stuck in an, like an obligation of a job, I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you, just stand up. I'm going to pray for you. If, you, if you're a worker, I'm going to, I just want to pray for you this morning. God wanted me to tell you this morning that you are there on purpose. That His purpose for your life is not different or disconnected to what He's asking you to do every day, what you have to do. Some of you standing up this morning think that you go to work to pay the rent, to pay the bills. Some of you feel stuck. Others of you quite enjoy your work. But God, regardless of how you feel about that situation, God wants me to tell you this morning that He sees you in that place and you are there on purpose. And it's actually going to be in 2021 how you carry yourself in that job. He is calling you out to be greater than anyone else around you. What does greater mean? It means to conduct yourself in a way that brings greater honour to your team members and your managers, to bring more than your colleagues to your job, to be diligent, to be clear, to be present. Because in your job, you are going to meet people. If you're in hospitality, retail, I see customers coming into your world, clients, customers, and you're going to see them. You're going to see them where no one else may have seen them. You're going to see them. And I prophesy that you are the person that God made an appointment for them to meet. I prophesy on your life that you can bring change to your workplace. You don't need a positional title to do that. You have influence. You have influence. You will carry the Spirit of God into that workplace. You will see things that other people don't see. You will bring wisdom into that workplace. Thank you, Jesus, that we are called in our everyday working lives. In Jesus' name. The second group that I want to pray for is if you are currently not in a job, maybe you're retired, maybe you're a student, Maybe you're retired, but you have time. So you don't have an obligation every day to do something in particular. If that's you, I just want you to stand this morning. So if you're in between jobs, student, retiree, whatever that is, where you have some flexibility in how you spend your day, I want to pray for you. 
Thank you, Jesus. God asked me to tell you this morning that you're not in between. You're not in between one thing to another thing. That actually you are in a period of your life that is a anointed, God-ordained period of time where you will be given supernatural God appointments because you have flexibility in your time. That He is bringing across your way things where you will be able to respond where other people cannot. That you will see people in your daily walk that need a hand and you'll be able to do it because you have time. That God will not leave you with a, I'm not sure what this season is about, I'm going to get driven along. Maybe you've decided to be in this period of your life and maybe you haven't. Maybe you're in this season because of a set of decisions or a set of circumstances that are outside your control. That's okay because it's on the way to your purpose. God doesn't leave gaps. He has intention. And I prophesy purpose and meaning and supernatural capabilities over your life this morning. I thank you, God, that these people are called to be servants. I thank you, God, that they are called to see people. I thank you that you have called them into community, into situations where they have impact. Lord, I thank you. I see you guys as seed sowers. I see you going into lots of different situations and sowing seeds. And some of those seeds you won't see where they come out. You won't see the flower. You won't see the plan. You won't see what happens with it. But you have the ability to be a world changer. In Jesus' name, amen. The third cohort was people who are stay-at-home carers or carers for people or parents. People that are caring for people on a full-time basis. If that's you, I want to pray for you. If you're a mom or dad or you're caring for people, I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you anyway, regardless of whether you stand up or not. Are you a parent? Are you a carer? God sees you. Because the people that you care for and the children that you have have been given to you. And they're God's children. Adults or little, it doesn't matter. They're they're God's children. And he's asked you to walk alongside them for this period of your life. And you have great influence. And you have a great heart towards them. And I'm praying for you today because God said to me, these guys give and give and give and give and give. He wants you to know that you're just as important. You're a child of God too. And that His supernatural grace and His presence and His spirit 
will be on you in 2021. That it will be upon you, it will flow through you. And you will find at the end of the day that you have more than enough. I prophesy more than enough over your life. I prophesy that you will get to the end of the day and your spirit will still have enough left in it. That God will be closer than a father to you. That you will be able to continue to give and know that there is purpose in what you're doing. And the last one that I want to pray for is if you are in a leadership position Maybe it's in a corporate leadership position. Maybe you are a manager of teams. Uh, Maybe you're a a business owner or you are a, a leader in social or charity areas. If you are a leader in any capacity, I want to pray for you this morning. Small business owners, people who are pushing. And I know some of you didn't stand up this morning because you don't see yourself as a leader. God's going to shift that this morning because leadership is not about a position. It's not about getting a title. It's about having influence. And God is calling people who can hear Him into the greatest influential positions from 2021 onwards. He wants them in government. He wants them in industry. He wants them in the social sector. He wants them everywhere so they can hear the voice of God and change the very fabric of our society. He wants you to carry the voice of God. He wants you to hear His voice and use that to speak to things, to bring encouragement and hope But being in leadership is hard. Being a manager is hard. Trying to do something extraordinary is hard. And that's why the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. The Bible tells us to pray for those who are in authority. Why? Because it's hard. And you will get pushed and pulled by obligations and to-do lists and and you will feel like that there is supposed to be a purpose to what you are doing but you are so filled with jobs all day, every day, in day, out day and you don't even know sometimes what God's calling you to do. Listen, in 2021, God will show you why you are there and you will be part of changing the fabric of the business that you run, of the organisation that you run, of the social fabric, how we care for people in our society. You will be part of the leadership wave because you're in the middle. And God is present in the middle. He's with you every day. Give up the purpose and the dreams and the priorities. Give it to Him. Let it go. And ask Him every day, what is it that you would have me do just today? In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we all stand this morning just as I finish. God, I thank you. Thank you that you are helping us make our mark in the middle. God, I'm in the middle of so much at the moment, but... I'm going to make some room for you. 
to do whatever it is that you want to do with my day, just today. Thank you. Trust you with my purpose. I trust you with the impact that I'm going to have in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.